Let's turn to Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. A number of years ago, Jerry Savelle was seeking the Lord concerning some things in his own life and ministry that he wasn't satisfied with. And when he, uh, you know, for a period of a few days, he was waiting on the Lord. And uh, the Lord dealt with him in three areas. And he said, you're not praying in tongues enough. You're not calling things that be not as though they were enough. And you're not letting the peace of God rule in your heart. Now, all of these things could apply to us, I think. But today we're going to look at one of these, the second one. Calling things that are not as though they were. Now, just because we know about something and we know it's in the Bible doesn't automatically mean that we're doing it. So, it's doing the Word and putting it into action. That's what brings the results and that's what changes things. It's good to know about it because if you don't know about it, you can't even do it. But if you know it and you're just thinking about it, but you're not really doing it, then that could be uh, one reason why some things take so long and they seem to take longer than we think maybe they should, uh, which is the same question Jerry Savelle was going to the Lord about. Why haven't some of these things already happened? Why isn't this already uh, done? I mean, you all probably never have those thoughts, you know? <laughs> uh, but uh, even Jerry Savelle has those thoughts, you know? So we all, we all have these thoughts. So we're going to talk about one of these areas that the Lord dealt with him about. So here in Romans 4, verse, um, well, let's start in 16. Therefore it is a faith that it might be by grace to the end that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Before him who he believed, even God who quickeneth the dead. Now let's just stop there for a moment. That word quickeneth is an old English word that just means to make alive. And some of the newer translations uh, point that out. The New King James Version says, who gives life to the dead. God who gives life to the dead. Does, is that pretty much what some of your other translations say? So the, the word quick enough just means to make alive. God who gives life to the dead. Those uh, believers in Jesus who have gone on before us, they've already gone to be with the Lord. In the future, their bodies are going to be quickened. And those of us who are still alive, 
when Jesus returns, our bodies are going to be quickened. And, and um, we're going to have the same body. Now you might say, well, I'm going to get a new body. Well, in one sense of the word, that's true. But it's going to be the same body you have now. But when the glory of God runs over it, it's going to be quickened. Amen. And it's going to have no limitations and no effects of the curse. Can God still give life to the dead today? Can he give life to a dead pancreas? Can he give life to a dead heart valve? Can he give life to a dead kidney? Yes. Amen. So we're going to talk about how he does it. Amen? Well, God can do anything. Well, that's, that's too, let's don't, we're, we're not even, God operates according to his word. Amen? God is not just randomly operating outside of his word. He has established principles. He has bound himself to his word. Amen? Even God who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Let's say that last phrase together. Calls those things which be not as though they were. Again. Calls those things which be not as though they were. One more time. Calls those things which be not as though they were. Now, if God did this, and he taught Abraham how to do this, do you suppose we should be doing this? Yes. yes. Amen. And I think it's 1 Corinthians 10 says these uh, Old Testament examples were written for us as an example to us to follow. So, calling things which be not as though they were is involved in this quickening process, in this process of bringing something dead to life. The calling it these things that be not as though they were is involved in that process. That's why it's not just, why didn't God do it? He has bound himself to spiritual laws that he has established. Man did not establish this, God established it. Now, the Worldwide English New Testament says, He, Abraham, believed God when he said that things were true even though they had not happened yet. He said things were true even though they had not happened yet. The Living Bible says, God speaks of future events with as much certainty as though they were already past. The easy-to-read version says, God speaks of things that don't yet exist as if they are real. The contemporary English version says, He, Abraham, had faith in God who raises the dead to life and creates new things. God can create new things. He can create a new liver. He can create new lungs. He can create new chromosomes. He can create a new job. Amen? Hallelujah. But he needs our cooperation. That's just the way God has set it up. 
He is not operating independently of man on the earth. He requires our co cooperation. Calling things that are not as though they were is God's creative power. It's one of the primary ways in the Bible that God releases his creative power in order to change the visible realm and bring it in uh, agreement with his will. The, the New English uh, translation says, the God who summons the things that do not yet exist as though they already do. That word summons is uh, the, the Hebrew and the Greek meaning, one of the meanings of the word call. He calls, he summons. What's that sentence you used there? Um, um, uh, the, about the meaning of summons? No, just or, the sentence before. Go. Oh, calling those things that are not as though they were as God's created power? Yes, okay. Yeah. And, and calling things that are not as though they were is part involved in releasing God's creative power. He's not just operating, he's not just operating independently uh, of us. This calling things that be not as though they were is involved in God releasing his creative power and changing uh, the seen realm, changing the visible realm that needs to be changed. That's how he changes something visible and brings the invisible, which is his will and his promise, into the visible realm, calling things that are not as though they were. The Passion says, He, Abraham, believed that God can raise the dead and call into being things that don't even exist yet. That's how God calls into being things that don't even exist yet. By calling things which be not as if they already existed. That's what another translation says. Now let's go to this scripture here. Um, in, in Romans 4.17, in my Bible, the first part of that is in parentheses. And it says, "At it is written, I have made thee the father of many nations. Now, he's quoting an Old Testament scripture when he says it's written. So let's turn to that scripture in Genesis 17. This is when God spoke this to Abraham. And Paul is just referring to it here in Romans 4. But in Genesis 17, this is where God actually spoke to Abraham. Genesis 17, verse 1. And when Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect or upright. And I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, God is swearing something in an oath to Abraham. As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. 
This was the plan of God for Abraham, that he become the father of many nations. And God said, I'm going to start calling you the father of many nations before it comes to pass. I'm going to start calling you the father of many nations when you've got no kids and none in sight. It looks in the natural impossible, but I'm not waiting till it's possible in the natural. I'm going to start calling you that now. This is why we don't wait until we feel better to call ourselves healed. This is why we don't wait until we have the money in our hand to call our need met. The natural mind wants to walk by sight. And this is why we have to take the word of God and renew it. This is so important that we don't wait till we feel better to call ourselves healed. We don't wait till we see it to say that we have it. We're calling things that are not as though they were. Verse 5, Neither shall thy name anymore be called Abram, but thy name shall be called Abraham. For a father of many nations, I'm going to make you one day. Is that what he said? No. No? He said, a father, uh, I have made, M-A-D-E, made you the father of many nations. God says, I'm not going to call you Abram anymore. Abram meant exalted father. Abraham meant, means father of a multitude. Does it matter what people call you? Does it matter what you call yourself? Did it matter that God changed Abram's name from Abram to Abraham? It must have mattered. Does it matter if you call yourself sick or well? Yep, it matters. Does it matter if you call yourself strong or weak? Yes, it matters. This is why God changed Abram's name. He says, I'm not going to call you Abram anymore. I'm not going to call you exalted father anymore. I'm going to call you the father of many nations from now on. And I don't want you to answer to anything else except Abraham. From now on, from this day, you are Abraham. You are no longer Abram. You are the father of many nations, and you refuse to be called anything else. This is why you have to call yourself healed. You have to call yourself strong, and you have to refuse to let anybody else call you anything else. Now, Hold your place there and turn over to Hebrews 11. Verse 24. Hebrews 11:24. This is the, the well-known Faith Hall of Fame chapter. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, in other words, when he was grown up, Hebrews 11, 24, 
by faith Moses when he was come to years refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Now, up until, up until this point, he was called Moses, the son of Pharaoh's daughter. This was a very prestigious title that gave him uh, great privilege and honor. But Moses came to the place where, you know, he recognized God's call on his life, and he had to choose whether he was going to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, or if he was going to be called Moses, the leader of God's people. He could not be both, and he could not be called both. He could only be called one. So he had to refuse one, and he made the right choice. He refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter anymore. In other words, he cut himself off from all that privilege and all that benefit that that title gave him. And he chose to be called Moses, the leader of God's people. You can't call yourself sick and healed at the same time. Just like Moses could not be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter and the leader of God's people at one time. The, the names... Uh, identified him with his calling, really. You can't call yourself weak and strong at the same time. You have to refuse one. You've got to refuse to let anybody put labels on you or your kids or your grandkids and, and don't let them call you or your kids or grandkids slow or weak or sick or poor, amen? For let's, let's go on here in chapter 17. For a father of many nations, I will make you in my timing. Is that what he said? In my timing, I will make you the father of many nations. No. I have made thee. Past tense. Past tense, I have made you the father of many nations. That's why he changed his name to Abraham. One of the meanings of this phrase, I have made thee, in the Hebrew uh, language is to set or establish. I have made thee means to set or establish. And Young's literal translation of Romans 4.17 brings this out. It says, A father of many nations, I have set thee. I have set thee to be the father of many nations. So in the mind of God, it was already done. The only thing left for Abram to do was to get into agreement with God, to copy God, to copy what God said, to refuse to be called anything else other than the father of many nations, not to answer to anything else, 
to call things as though they already existed and to keep that course. That was Abram's part of the, of the assignment. So as a pledge or an oath of his promise, God changed his name from exalted father to father of a multitude. So every time Abraham heard his name, every time someone called his name, he heard, thus saith the Lord, I have made thee the father of many nations. That's what he heard. Every time Sarah heard somebody call her name, she heard mother of many nations. Well, what happens when you keep hearing something over and over and over? Faith starts coming. Faith comes by hearing and hearing. This is the process God was using to begin to get Abraham and Sarah to the point where they could see themselves as the father of many nations and the mother of many nations. Because up until now, they were struggling. I mean, they were, you can read all through Genesis there, all along uh, up here, Genesis 12 and 15 along there, they were really struggling. Uh, and we know all about Ishmael. He was part of the struggle, you know. Uh, he came about as part of their struggle in believing God. So it, it must have been important for God to have changed their names. Uh, changing their names and calling them the father and mother of many nations was involved in the actual quickening of their bodies to make it possible for them to have children. Uh, because their physical bodies were dead. When it came to having kids, their physical bodies were dead. He was 100 years old, she wasn't far behind, and she couldn't have kids when she was 20. And now God's talking about making them the father of many nations. This calling, changing their names, where they kept hearing father of many nations, mother of many nations, that was part of the physical quickening of their bodies that enabled their bodies to change so they could have kids in an, in, in an impossible otherwise situation. Don't you know when they walked in the clinic a few weeks later and said, we're here for our checkup because we're going to have a baby? Don't you think probably some eyebrows were raised? And some people may raise some eyebrows with us too. Amen? When we start calling things that are not as though they were. They were planning for it. You know, they started planning for it. And you need to start planning whatever you're believing God for. Start planning for it. Amen? Um, that lady that came to our meeting over at Burfham, and she wanted us to, she wanted to stand in proxy for her daughter who couldn't, she had one child and she'd been told she couldn't have any mother in any other. So we prayed for her and I said, tell your daughter, start getting the room ready for a baby. And she said, well, I don't think she's got faith to do that. And I said, well, then you go buy some clothes and you give it to her. You go buy some baby clothes. You start getting ready. If your daughter doesn't have faith to do it, you do it. So she came back several months later 
and she said, my daughter has been back to the doctor and she's going to have a baby. Mm -hmm. And she said, I, I did what you said. I didn't really believe it. I just did it because you said do it, you know. But nevertheless, she acted, you know. She started planning for it to happen, amen. And all this is part of acting on the word. Hallelujah. So faith speaks what it cannot see in the visible realm. Faith speaks what you do not have, not what you already have. If you already have it, you don't need faith to get it. You don't need to call things that are not as though they were if you've already got it. If you can see it in the natural, you don't need faith to get it. It's already here. But if you can see something in the natural and it needs to be changed, then you're going to have to call things that be not as though they were. Faith calls into existence what it desires according to the word. Of course, what we're talking about has to be according to the word. Now, some people will say, well, I just want whatever God wants me to have. Well, that's not good enough. God expects us to go to his word and to find out his will for us and his desire for us because this is his will and desire for us written down on paper. And Ephesians 5.17 says, Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. You can't believe any further than you have knowledge of the word. You can't just make up stuff, you know. And the only way we're going to get faith in any area is from the Word of God. What has God promised? What's He already done through Jesus and made available to us? God's Word is eternal. That's why it does not change. Words form an image on the inside of you. God's Word contains healing. It contains abundance in the words. It contains peace. It contains right standing with God and victory over the devil. And when you get that word down in you by speaking it and hearing it over and over, those words get down in you and they start to form an image on the inside of you and you begin to see yourself healed and you begin to see yourself blessed and, and you're, you're, you're made whole. And this is what happened to Abraham and Sarah. They heard their names over and over and over. God used this process to build faith in them. Faith comes by hearing and over and over and over they begin to hear Father many nations and, and they begin to say we can, you know, we've got, we can do this. God can do this. This is going to happen. And, and you can reach the point where you know that you know this is going to happen and nobody can move you off of it with an atomic bomb. You can reach that point. So it's not just making positive confessions. It's saying what God says in the Word. It has to be based on the promises of God. Anything you can see in this natural realm, it can be changed by God's Word. Everything you see in your life that needs to be changed is subject to change by God's Word. We see that in 2 Corinthians 4.18. We won't turn there. But that's uh, that the Bible 
principle that everything in the natural is subject to change by God's word. So we take the promises of God and we set them uh, as our GPS or you could say our sat-nav destination. You, you have a sat-nav and the destination you want to be at, that's what you put in the sat-nav. The promises of God are the destination that you desire. And that's what you type in to your sat-nav or your GPS. That's what we're calling for. So, we set the destination by imitating God. We speak what God's Word says about us. We call things that are not seen as though they already existed. Wholeness in your body, wholeness in your finances, and in your mind and emotions. And it's on the basis that God has already provided these things through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus that we're calling for it. That's the basis that we can call for it. These things have already been provided for us through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus and the promises of God. So we're calling things that God says already belong to us because Jesus has already destroyed the devil's power over us. He redeemed us from the effects of the curse and he took everything in that curse for us in our place. I heard uh, Charles Kemp's daughter, Annette, um, say that she was, she, she is a pilot and she was flying their plane from uh, the west coast somewhere in America back to Arkansas and they stopped in Texas to get some more fuel and so forth and when they took off again within a few minutes they were in clouds, they got into clouds and uh, they had a small plane and because of the size of the plane and so forth she had to be able to see the ground in order to fly now when you get into jets and things like that, you can go much higher. But in a smaller plane, I don't know all the rules, but you got to be able to see the ground to fly. They call it visual flight rules. And uh, so when she ran into clouds, you got problems, okay? Because you can't see the ground. Now does this sound familiar? When you're walking by faith, you can't always see things in the natural. You can't always see your destination visibly. You know what I mean? You can see it in the promises of God, but you, you, you're just walking by faith and you're trusting God's word. Amen? So clouds could represent problems and obstacles and hindrances and delays. So she got into these clouds and she called back to the airport and said you know we've run into these clouds and they said well you'll be out of them in a few minutes well she's already in them you know what I mean so she couldn't see the ground anymore so she reached over and she hit autopilot now when she hit autopilot she's not in control of the plane anymore 
it takes over all the functions of the plane and it maintains the speed and it maintains the altitude and it sticks to that GPS destination, Arkansas. That plane is, that autopilot is taking that plane to Arkansas, clouds or no clouds. Amen? So, when she hit autopilot, the pilot, the autopilot took over. She just sat back and looked out the window, just waiting to come out of the clouds. No reason to panic or anything, because the, the autopilot is following the destination in the sat-nav, okay? So, in a few minutes, they came out of the clouds, bright sunshine, and she could see the ground again. So, once she could see the ground, she t she's fine. Everything's fine, and she took back over. Now, she looked over at her husband, and he was white as a sheet. <laughs> and he was pouring sweat. And she says, what's wrong with you? And he said, I thought we were finished. I thought we were gone. And he didn't know that she had hit the autopilot. And that that plane was, was still on course. Amen? So when you call things that are not as though they were, you're dialing in the destination on your sat-nav. And you're, that's, that's the end result. That's what you're calling for. And once you've released your faith and you keep doing it, even when it looks like things are getting worse and you run into clouds and it looks like nothing's happening and the situation's actually getting worse, you continue to call things that be not as though they were, then now you're relying on God, aren't you? You're trusting the Word to perform itself. You're not having to fly, you're not having to make this happen and fly the plane. You've hit the autopilot, and now God's Word will bring itself to pass. Amen? This is what we do. We call things that be not as though they were, the word will bring itself to pass. That's hitting the autopilot, and we can sit back and rest, even though we're in the clouds. Amen? Hebrews 4.3 says, For we which have believed, past tense, for we which have believed do enter into his rest. When we have believed, we call things that be not as though they were, and we have believed it. We can enter into his rest. We hit the autopilot, and we say, Okay, Lord, your word's out there, and it will bring itself to pass. Free from debt, bills paid, healed, made whole, and right standing with God. This is what you desire based on the promises of God. Then we leave it up to God and it will come to pass if you believe it. Amen? Now somebody might say, what if I don't believe it yet? Well, just keep saying it. Just keep calling things that are not as though they were until it gets in your heart and you will come to the place where you believe it. Uh, you know, if you go from... Uh, if you go from here to Glasgow, 
Uh, you're going to type in Glasgow on the sat nav. That's your final destination. Now, between here and there, you might run into bad weather. And you might run into bad traffic. But you don't change the destination just because you hit bad weather. You may have to change the route you take. You may alter the, the route to get there. But you don't touch the sat-nav. Amen? And you don't change your confession just when it looks like nothing's happening. Amen? You don't change your confession. You don't stop calling. You don't start calling things that are as though they are just because the clouds moved in and it looks like nothing's happening. We hold fast to our confession of faith. We keep the sat nav set and don't touch it. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Set it on autopilot and let the word bring itself to pass. Now, are you still in Romans 4? Uh, in Romans 4.19, it says, And being not weak in faith, he, Abraham, considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Abraham reached to the place he reached the place where he did not consider the natural circumstances anymore. He would not consider anything that contradicted God's word and what God had said about him. It didn't matter how old he was. It didn't matter if his wife had never had kids before. It says he considered not his own body. Hallelujah. So we take God's words and we make it our words. And we direct it toward our desired destination. And God's word is our GPS, sat-nav. God's word is a sat-nav. And we keep it in our mouth. You keep it in your mouth and get your actions set on it. And God will watch over his word to perform it. That's basically what Frank and Barbara did, isn't it? What we did, we just continued to call that house in and God was working behind the scenes. He, he watched over his word to perform it. Amen? Praise God. So enter God's rest. The Holy Spirit will navigate you through the clouds to your destination and to your desired end result. Calling things that are not manifest is not denying what you can see in the natural. We're calling for what we don't see in the natural and we keep calling it till it's manifest in the natural visible realm. If you just deny what exists, there's no power in that. There's no power in saying, I'm not sick, I'm not sick, I'm not in debt. There's no power in that. Nobody ever got healed denying that they were sick. Nobody ever got out of debt denying that they didn't have any debt. The power is in the Word. Yes. Psalm 10720 says God sent His Word and it healed them. It didn't say He sent His Word to heal them. He said 
He sent his word and it healed them. As far as God's concerned, he sent his word and it healed us. In his mind, it's already done. This is why we can call things that are not as though they were. In the mind of God, it's already done. The Bible does not teach us to say that we're not sick or that we're, we're not in debt. It tells us to call for what we don't have. Yes. Hallelujah. God's word says you are strong, you are free, you are healed, and you are blessed. So if you're none of those things right now, and it looks like it's getting worse, that's all the more reason to keep saying it until it changes. Let's turn uh, one more scripture, Joel. It's, um, yeah, it's over there. One of the minor prophets, isn't it? Joel, it's page 1092. Uh, New King James is 802. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Joel 3. Verse 10. Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. What's the next phrase? Let the weak say, I am weak. No. Let the weak say, y'all pray for me. No. <laughs> no. Let the weak say, I'm strong. Let's say that together. Let the weak say, I am strong. What's he doing? Calling things that are not as though they already existed. We, folks, get this. We're not denying what we see. We're changing what we see. Amen? We're not denying what we have. We're changing what we have by calling things that don't exist as if they already existed. In the mind of God, it's already done. It's just for us to get into agreement with it like Abraham did. The world will not understand this, and even many Christians will not understand this. Why? Because they are walking by sight. And that's the natural course that your mind wants to take, is to walk by sight. And that's why we have to take the word and renew our mind. So keep the GPS set and don't move it. Keep calling things that are not as though they were. If it looks like nothing's changing, just don't touch the GPS. Just put it on autopilot. Amen? Don't change your destination and don't change your confession. Say what God says. Support it with your actions. And don't prepare for failure. Hallelujah. Now you will have thoughts of what if, but let your words stay said and keep going straight. Just stick it on autopilot. If you know you're going to say something that's negative, Keep your mouth shut. You've already released God's word. Just let it stay out there and work. That's what we're doing when we make these confessions over Ben. We're calling things that are not as though they already existed. 
Medical science is limited. But if you are a believer who knows the word and you know what belongs to you in Christ, you are not limited to what medical science can do. Amen? Hallelujah. You're not limited to the economy or the physical elements of this natural world. When we get in agreement with God's word and we call things that are not as though they already existed, the power in God's word will create new things. Amen? So, start calling your ears open. Start calling your blood pressure normal. Start calling your lungs clear. Start calling your heartbeat normal. Start calling your pancreas secreting the proper amount of insulin. Start calling your kids serving God. Amen? Start calling your new car, your new house, your new job. Hallelujah. Start calling your bills paid and refuse to be called anything else. Amen? Saying, saying in our house, I am going down with a healing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we took our flu vaccination last week. Amen. So we're we we're covered on that. Hallelujah. Yes. So let's say this together. I follow my father. I follow Abraham. I call things that are not as though they already were. I do it every day. I do it all the time. I refuse to be called what the world calls or what the devil calls or what the curse calls. I call my body healed. I call my body whole. I call my body strong. I call my mind clear. I call my finances good. I'm blessed. I'm increasing. More and more. Me and my children. I call every bill paid. I call every need met. I'm prospering in abundance. I'm successful. I'm a blessing. I call my life victorious. Amen? Now, we're going to have to get excited and stay excited about this. Amen? So, when we walk out of this room, we're just getting started, okay? You walk out of this room, you go out to your car. If you owe for your car, you go out and you point to it and you say, car, you got a new name. I'm calling you paid for. Amen? Yes. You walk into your house, you say, house, you got a new name. I'm calling you paid for. Amen? Mm -hmm. Start calling these things done. Amen? Start calling them done. Uh, if you, maybe your car is paid for, you just want a new car. I call you a new Honda. I call you a new Volkswagen, a new Mercedes, whatever. Start, start calling it. Amen? Say, I'm giving you a new name. You're not a Ford anymore. You're a Lexus. Amen? Or whatever you, whatever you desire. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So keep calling it. Till you see it with your eyes and you hold it in your hand. Amen? Yes, yes. Praise God.
And Frank and Barbara got the keys in their hand now, so you don't have to call it anymore, do you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's worth it, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.